Hello, good morning and welcome. My name is Graham and I'm delighted to be with you all today as we start these journeys into asking what it is to be really free. Free from constraints and conformity, free from constant testing and peer pressure, and free from unsafe and uninspiring school environments. Free to let children explore the world around them through play, cooperation and inspiration. Free to let children learn naturally, following their innate curiosity and endless creativity. We come to see that learning isn't about doing well at school, it's about engaging with life. I'll be here for you, and I will serve you, and I will carry your message around. We definitely have a very special guest joining us to open up our minds a little bit on the alternatives to traditional schooling from an economic point of view. Professor Boys is the director of the Center for Economic Liberty at Arizona State University and the Professor Emeritus of Economics at ASU's W.P. Carey School of Business and a scholar at the Mises Institute. For any of you listeners not aware, the ASU, Arizona State University, is by enrollment the largest university in the U.S. Professor Boys has also called education the number one issue when it comes to personal freedoms and political liberty. A great guest to have with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor Boyce. Graham, my pleasure. Thank you. That's great. Well, we like to start these uh, conversations off just going back to your own education and schooling. And if you could look back now and just see how you feel about that. Was it a positive experience and perhaps what, you've, what you use today? What was the most useful and perhaps also the flaws you see in that? Um. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's a tough question. I uh, I look back and uh, there's not too many um, positive memories. Uh, I felt like what I liked most was the competition of like spelling bees and dodgeball and uh, activities like that. I can't I can't really recall all the way through from my uh, beginning to graduate school that I really was satisfied with the educational process. I can remember uh, probably thinking the most useful class I ever took was typing. So when the, when the computers came out and keyboards, you know, I didn't have to hunt and peck like friends. I, I could, I, I could uh, type real easily. That's probably the best class I had. And right. so that's kind of a sad commentary on, everything else. But uh, I've always thought that uh, the education stifled me rather than stimulated me. And, and it was not until I was out and having been teaching for quite some time that I began really learning on my own. And that's what education, that's what the process should be. Sure. Yeah. We've been hearing that again and again, the self-interest, the self propelled uh, interest in topics that you want to pursue. Um, when you started this journey of looking for alternatives or when you realized, you, you know, that the government option wasn't the best it could be, was there anyone in particular that helped shape you or form those opinions? No, not really. I, I read, like probably every economist, I read Milton Friedman's uh, Free to Choose years ago. And um, an economist at UCLA named Armin Alchian, who was a free market advocate, both uh, focused a little bit on education, <clears throat> thought, or, thought there needed to be alternatives to the uh, 
to the government schooling. Um, Frederick Mises and, and uh, Murray Rothbard of the Austrian schools said exactly the same thing. They, they thought that uh, government-run education was more brainwashing than it was really education. Yeah, and if that... you look at the history, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. You look at the history of education, public education in the United States, that's what it was, was it was an attempt to control the population. Horace Mann in the mid-1800s brought public education from Prussia. But the idea was that we need to uh, essentially own children. The parents can't own children because they might learn something that the state doesn't want them to learn. So public education has always been, in my view and in others, uh, more brainwashing than it's really been learning and education. Yeah, we, we do hear that again and again with many of our guests. Um, Jeff Collins took us through the history of the, of the school system, um, yeah, from a factory model as opposed to yes. where we are now. It seems kind of definitely outdated and uh, not really serving such a, a great purpose and or very much more detrimental than anything. But um, could you take us through the idea of the government monopoly and how you could see if that was diminished, how our society could possibly change into more, a more of an innovative, responsive, and self-reliant society. Yeah, it's um, a great idea. The uh, the way to think about this, in my opinion, is is to think about uh, technological innovation in other areas. If you look, you know, you ask yourself, do you remember the Sony Walkman? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was such an innovation. That, where is that today? You know, or or you look at the computer when it was first developed, and, and it took up an entire room. I remember in graduate school trying to do my dissertation with a computer in a single room, and, and you had these big boxes of cards that had your data on it, and you could give the box to an operator who would stick it in a computer, and you'd get one one run a day. Uh, so it took, you know, six months for what you can today do in a weekend. So where where is that in education? You know, it, it doesn't have the same uh, innovative ability because of the government monopoly, because there's no competition and, and there's really no choice. You go to a supermarket, you don't just have one brand of milk. You've got all kinds of brands, and if you don't like it, then you uh, you switch the next time. And if enough consumers switch, then that uh, the one that they didn't like disappears. That doesn't happen in education because there is no there's no real choice. Even though people are trying to get charter schools and educational savings accounts and tax credits implemented, that's a good start. But you don't have competition. Um, you really don't have true competition. What you need are are alternatives like private schools, homeschooling, all of those providing competition to the to the government monopoly. Yeah. And then people can choose. Okay, I can put my kid in a in a school like uh, like KIPP or Basis or something like that, or I can um, purchase Ron Paul's uh, homeschooling. Uh, design and I can organize a couple of the parents and we can homeschool together or all kinds of innovations that are 
very difficult, getting a little bit easier, but very difficult to implement still because the government finances the government, that is mostly state governments, the federal government pays about nine or 10% of, of education, finances public education to property taxes. So people are sort of constrained as to what they can then spend because they have to pay those property taxes anyway. Yeah, so what we need to do, yeah, we need to get rid of the the property taxes. And the way to do that is to get rid of the public schools. And the way to do that probably is to switch maybe initially to charter schools, homeschooling and private schooling all at once, or at least reduce regulations on teacher certification, on occupational licensing, and other restrictions that would allow innovation to to take place. We're not, we're not, I don't think it's going to be a real battle unless enough parents move into homeschooling and go ahead and say, okay, I have to pay the property taxes, but I'm, I'm not going to send my kid to public schools. If that occurs, enough people do that, then that's kind of like a a movement away from the government monopoly, and perhaps it will then begin to change as they lose their power. But it's going to be a battle. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it does seem to me more options are becoming available. And uh, yeah, I just read an article from Carrie McDonald from Harvard, and she explains, yeah, the, there is a quiet mass exodus from this uh, public schooling model. I think, you know, nearly two and a half million or more now um, from back in John Holt days, it was, you know, a few thousand. So a massive shift away, I think. And I was just wondering when you bring this up in, as a professor of economics at uh, the largest university in the, in the United States and, you know, a gradual transition to providing free market options, what reaction do you get from colleagues and parents? And what do you find maybe are the most common misconceptions people have? Uh, the reaction I get typically is negative, uh, probably stronger out in the, in the media and, and the press, but also uh, university administration and, and other faculty in general. There are some that totally agree with me. But it's, um, it's, it, it's taken for granted that the status quo worked for them, so it will continue working. Okay, I'm, I'm a faculty member, tenured, because I went to public school and then graduate school, et cetera, et cetera. So why change it? I think there's that kind of viewpoint. It's disappointing, but but universities tend to be that way now. They're just um, they're they're creatures of uh, the past, the Prussian education. Uh, I don't think uh, the university system will last the way it is now either. Particularly if at the K through 12 levels, parents begin moving towards homeschooling and other alternatives more rapidly. Uh, it's going to be put a lot of pressure on the universities to, to change as well. I'm not, um, I'm not patted on the back for, for my comments about eliminating public education. I have, uh, I have several of the media that got very upset when I, when I first proposed that around uh, Arizona State University, and um, several of the administrators then got very upset because the media were upset. So it was kind of a brouhaha. It died down a little bit, probably because I haven't done very much on it recently, and there hadn't been too much exposure. But it's not 
it's not something that's going to roll in smoothly at at the university level or or below. Right. Yeah. That and I'm is... wandering here, Graham. So I'm not sure I'm answering your question. No. No. You are absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's just <clears throat> such a massive subject. I was having yeah a, a read from the the Mises uh, Institute where you published this talk. Anyone listening is a great place to have a look. And just seeing the comments underneath and overwhelmingly in support. Maybe Mises might be more leaning towards uh, your your train of thought. But there was one comment suggesting that public schooling was essential for providing people with a broad education and so many guests on this on this series we're doing here to, uh, as you know they come from backgrounds where that has not provided them with much uh, ability to think for themselves at the end of the day so um and now we're seeing more people coming from unschooling backgrounds and homeschooling they seem to be uh, much more self-starting entrepreneurship uh, flourishing away from the coercion and the testing and the mandatory classes um, so I was just wondering if you had any personal insights, perhaps, uh, in your um, role as a professor of uh, how you see the unschooling philosophies, how they might create people more uh, able to succeed in university or in the workplace. Yes, you could. As, as a professor, I could see the uh, unschooled uh, students very clearly compared to those that have gone through the K-12 public education. They were more questioning. They were more interested. They wanted outside readings. Uh, all of that, in general, uh, compared to the students who had been brainwashed in public education and had come to the college just uh, not able to think on their own and not really interested in any topics. A huge difference. And that that was one of the instigators of while I, why I began looking at uh, education systems moving away from public education was because of the success that homeschool kids seem to have. Uh, they're, they're what you would hope students would be in that they want to learn. They're not so concerned with getting an A or a B or something like that. They're more interested in what they learn. I think there's just a... Uh, if we could just show that more often and get more uh, homeschooled students, I think we would uh, show the, the ingrained uh, teachers and administrators that uh, what they're doing is just not benefiting society. Yeah, yeah, I do think that and more and more options available now, things like podcasts. Um, I was just listening to Dan Carlin and Joe Rogan going through the, the idea of people getting involved in history now and just really passionately involved because they listen to somebody like Dan Carlin really putting you back in the place yes. of, of history. And now that these people are going to university with such an appetite for really discovering what really happened back then or what people thought like, and these were real people. So just a massive shift away from, yeah, just this, this teacher top, top-down authoritarian ideas does seem to be happening but uh, I know you said perhaps the, the universities wouldn't be around in 10 years do you think there is a way they could change in the in the in the coming few years or would you see that, that they would just wouldn't exist in their current form uh, well I, what I see uh, are things like Prager University and I don't know if you're familiar with that but uh, the Dennis Prager has been putting together short five-minute videos on all kinds of topics. Um, 
scholars and experts have been producing these and they're they're put online and they're covering university topics in a very entertaining and very interesting way and i think the university is going to have to respond to that kind of thing because there'll be more of it and uh they'll either have to change and change the structure or they'll battle it like the K through 12 public school teachers and teachers unions are and eventually um, they're gonna have to disappear. The university can't sustain itself with the model it's got right now with faculty, research faculty not doing much teaching, not liking teaching, with uh, federal grants supporting the the faculty and the administrators and the bureaucrats um, at the expense of uh, student learning. It, it just, it won't last. And, and I think students will, particularly students that were brought up on the homeschooling, will rebel. Yeah, yeah, it does seem that that would be the natural course. Yeah, people just looking for alternative options. It makes sense, especially with technology providing all this for little or no cost at all. Yeah. Um, so just to end, Professor Boyce, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a great talk. Um, if parents are perhaps unhappy with their with their children's education in the public schooling, and they're looking for alternatives, they might feel overwhelmed. They might have fears from family or friends. As a professor of such a distinguished university, um, what, what advice could you give them about perhaps taking their kids out of government schooling? Well, I, I would encourage them to do that, first of all. And second, if they don't feel comfortable doing it themselves, there are organizations, and I'm sure you can give them names of those organizations of homeschooling groups that uh, um, two or three families or more get together and cover different topics or they hire somebody to come in and cover different topics. They use uh, online uh, and they, they use the resources like PragerTopia. I, I, think, um, I, I think I would really encourage, encourage parents to do that. My, as you know, because you just had a second daughter, second child, my daughter just had a child and I've already made up my mind that I'm going to convince her to do homeschooling. Um, I, I just don't want to see that grandchild of mine going into public schooling. So I, I encourage parents to to think about it seriously, have the nerve, do some research, and uh, and make that move. They'll they'll find. I, I could give you example after example after example of what the cram down brainwashing that takes place in the K through 12 uh, is doing to children. I have a cousin whose kids are in public schooling and she's telling me all the time about the uh, really ridiculous statements and, and approaches being made. And it's scary. Parents don't realize really what their children are getting and what it's doing to them. So a long-winded answer to your question i really encourage parents to to get out and look at the homeschooling option yeah and yeah. i thank you for your uh your seminar and your work on this because i think that's gonna help spread the word yeah i i, I hope so too it does seem like uh it does there's a big wave to be ridden at the moment and uh 
Yeah, a lot of people are looking for these sort of reassurances, perhaps, from professors and people in academia saying, no, that there are alternatives that are much more child-focused and can provide much more creative individuals. So thank you. Thank you once again, Professor Woods. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. I hope you got as much out of that talk as I did. An excellent introduction to where we are now and where we could be. Please check your inbox. We'll be back in touch very shortly for much more inspiration for you to start your journey into homeschooling, child-led learning and liberty. If you know of any families looking for alternatives to school, please give them our information, homeschoolingandliberty.com, and they are more than welcome to join us on this journey. We'll see you real soon. Cheers. Beckoning now, calling us with this new song. Yeah, you gotta listen what it has to say. It will guide you along. Yeah, you gotta put yourself first every time, and she will catch you when you fall. Yeah, you gotta love yourself from within. Love yourself to your full. Yeah, yeah. You gotta take the power back. Ask yourself this question. What is so amazing and wonderful that government-run schools that you would send your children there to be taught by essentially strangers, a curriculum over which you have no authority or control? How would you like to be a part of your children's learning? You were a part of your children's learning as colors, how she ties her shoes, what is a butterfly, why mommy loves her. Why would you not want to continue to be a part of that? Look at what you've been told for so long that you have to say, well, maybe maybe they're not right and maybe your instincts are right. Unlearn those things. This is about human rights and endowing children with dignity and agency and autonomy. Um, and, and then guess what? As a side benefit, it works.